Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Hello and welcome to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, should we bring our mums on the pod? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good idea. The, I the think more mums, the better. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we can zoom Sharon and Lisa in. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, we don't have a guest this week. We honestly should have lined it up. <laughs> but uh, like, but who outside of Sweet April who had already agreed to do it before mm. we realized that it was a fucking four-hour bonanza last right, week right. would, in their right minds, agree to come and be on this podcast and talk about this many hours of The Bachelor with us? It's a short list, if, if anyone. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty short list. Uh, but I, Xavier Rebetsky Noonan, I'm very glad to have... My longtime co-host, best friend, bandmate, good lad, Max Quinn. Good lad. That's that's what they call me. That's what I landed on. Normally, mm. you write like a nice, fun, good, like rhyming sort of intro for our guests <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, how do I distill the Max uh, Quinn experience? Let me, let me get the essence of it. Mm. Good lad. He's a lad and he's good. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, my friend Kirsten and I have this long-term joke where when we were maybe 19 years old, we live on the same street in Ballina. We were walking back from the Ballina RSL, which is where you go in Ballina on a Friday night if you are cool. Sure. Um, because it's the only place to go. And we walked past the skate park and we were accosted by some lads. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it was like, you look, you don't want to be crossing Missing Hambridge too late at night because, I don't know, you're liable to put yourself in a little bit of danger. Do and- people outside of our area and age group know what lads are? Is that... I mean, they're just, you know, young young men. Young men. <laughs> There's and no these... need to feel down when you see these young men. <laughs> <laughs> these young men kind of uh, approached us and Kirsten was like, oh, fuck, what do we do? And I was like, lads. And they were like, oi. <laughs> and then we became friends. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's a really wholesome story. I thought I was going to get beat up, instead made a friend. Yeah, how how wonderful. And you keep in touch every Obvious, day. listeners to yeah, the pod? Yeah. yeah, look, we've got a lads group chat. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, a few of them don't have too much too much money, though. Um, They're lads broke. Ooh, Maxie! Gotta go. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's going to be a long podcast for me to do on my own, let me tell you. Hey, there's so much coming up here on the BOH pod this week. And the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group is where you can go to join in on all the action with us and with past and future guests of the show, sweet, uh, batchy, loving nerds, much unlike yourself. Dear good listener, lads. Good, good lads, lads. Yeah. left and right. Mm-hmm. The uh, And there's so much to come on this episode as well. We are going to talk about the return of Brooke. 
we went camping this week. And as <laughs> well as that, moment. lots of things happened with Steph. And speaking of Steph, Xavier, let us, uh, let's start here. Some news. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the only news item this week. A little bit quiet, and I I feel like we've got to approach this, uh, you know, from the right from the right perspective. Um, yeah, dog, we're being delicate. Yeah, the short version of the story is I found Steph's Steam account. Okay. Um, honestly, I I like as as much research and as much details I put into this show every week. I was not even really looking for Steph's Steam account. Um. I checked her Twitch page to see if she might have gone live or updated it since she's come off the show. Uh Uh-huh. Not yet at time of recording. Um, But I saw that amongst her social media that's linked in there is her Last FM page. Right. Which is, uh, you know, if if you're not aware of Last FM, it's a website where you uh, upload the the music you've listened to. Typically, if you're in 2012 and you have an iPod or whatever, (laughs) you know, like... yeah. It's where you could keep track of what your friends were kind of listening to. Sure, exactly. It's like a social sort of music sharing sort of experience. Uh, for anybody who's curious, her top artists include The Deer Hunter, Bring Me the Horizon, and Circa Survive. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Metalcore. Yeah, yeah she like fucks with a fucking distortion pedal. You know? Okay. Um, anyway, she's got a different username on Last FM than she has on her Twitch or on her Instagram page. So I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what, you know, will come up if I search for that username. Search it up. One of the only other hits is the Steam community page for a Stephanie from Perth, Western Australia. Okay. And you're going to have to, sorry, tell us what Steam is first. True. Okay. That makes sense. Steam is a online, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's essentially the last FM of games in a, in a okay. way. It's like you can buy games from it. It's a digital shop front. Um, but also you can see what your friends are playing. You can use Steam to start playing online with them. Uh, it has its own communities and that kind of thing. But yeah, that, that's, the, that's the vibe of Steam. So it's like an online gamer hub and you found Steph's profile on that platform. And right, right. in order to do so, you actually didn't have to do too much work. All you had to do was go to a Twitch stream, which linked to a last FM, which gave you a second username, which you then Googled, which linked sure. to the Steam page, which is a platform that gamers can connect on. How recently was this updated? Right. Well, here's the thing. And I, I want to approach this delicately because I literally stumbled on it and I can't see any activity on the page since 2013. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to stress that like this is an artifact. You know, this is... Um, we also can't... 100% certainly link it to her. It's not like it's verified with a check mark or whatever. Um, so, you know, uh, take everything here with a grain of salt. But yeah. Yeah, listeners, we are uh, Neil Buchanan in our red shirts uh, at the moment. This <laughs> is an artifact. But yeah, uh, the profile picture on there is a gollywog. Oh, so no. That's bad. Okay. Um, Can we give our listeners context? What is that? Sure. Um, a gollywog is. Uh, a doll usually or mm-hmm. or a representation of of said doll that draws on the like minstrelsy sort of blackface tradition of uh appropriation of african american identity by usually white people i think that's a seemingly a fairly good description of what it is it's a it's a, like a racist caricature basically yeah look it is a signifier that has has come to be associated with racism and and we need to stay away from anything uh like that particularly in the year 2021 look uh i will say that i don't think that i was engaging with gollywog discourse in the year 2013 but i'm sure that 
eight years ago, I probably was doing or saying some dumb shit on the internet. Right. And I would dare say that probably goes for so many of us and probably some of you here listening to the pod. I feel weird about including it as a news item because I don't think like, I mean, obviously like other people aren't really talking about this, Mm. but like earlier this year, there was a huge scandal in the Drag Race Australia community about a contestant on that show who had like a big gollywog tattoo on their body at one point and was photographed with like a big collection of the, the dolls. And, you know, like there was clearly some sense of pride there at some point. Um, I want to be clear, like, this is not the same thing as that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, Steph, as a teenager, um, who was evidently fairly online, maybe just fell into some kind of edgy online community or, you know, uh, yeah, like, there, there are a million reasons why people do, like, dumb shit as a teenager. And it's interesting to think about the stuff that remains online from, like, our early exploits into the internet as young people growing up with it, like, generationally or whatever. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking about the idea of spirit animals, which is something that I never had registered as something that could be, uh, well, taken as a um, a, a racial or religious signifier. But of course it is, you know, um, and all of these things and, and attitudes and there's so much for, for everyone to learn. And honestly... <sighs> who knows to what extent Steph has, has learned or expressed different opinions uh, over the years. But look, uh, that, that particular image is not a very good one. Yeah. I, I mean, for what it's worth and it doesn't necessarily matter what I think about it, but like, I want to give her the benefit of the, of the doubt and say like, obviously people are capable of changing and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> she may not have been aware of the implications of the image to begin with, um, which isn't a defense, but you know, uh, what are you going to do? Um, but I do, I do feel like it's interesting that it is coming up within the context of this season where we have seen all of the contestants' social media under pretty strict control by production for for the first time, um, and that a lot of stuff has been wiped. And her, you know, her actual Twitch page doesn't have a lot of information about her or anything. But I was able to stumble upon this pretty easily, and. Um, you know, I don't know. I I don't think our podcast has enough reach for the, it to get out to the degree that it will get taken down. You could probably, you know, oh, yeah, I don't want to encourage not... people to go look for it, but you know, um, there you go. It's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's just like do you know if you're gonna do a scrub, do a fucking do a deep cleanse. Yeah, really, really deep cleanse. I guess we saw the same thing in the Jeopardy community this week. That's true. That's a good point. And I love talking about Jeopardy on our Bachelor podcast <laughs> um, with, what's his name again? His name's Mike Richards. In short, listeners, the vibe here is that this week, a Jeopardy named a new host after Alex Trebek died last year. He was a network executive at Sony. His name is Mike Richards. He has worked on The Price is Right before. And I believe he's the executive producer of Jeopardy after they had trialed all of these different hosts and mm. they landed on this one man called Mike Richards who had a questionable past when it came to experiences of collegiality and uh, equal treatment in the workplace. It came out and then mm. the website, The Ringer, did this big expose on a podcast series that he did in the year 2013 where he did a made a lot of unflattering comparisons about women's bodies and, and talked about women in quite a disparaging way. Mm. He filmed 
a grand total of uh, one day's worth of episodes, huh. and they have to air those episodes. Yeah, that's going to be for interesting. Continuity. Yeah. And then the network pulled the plug on on the Mike Richards experiment after a single day. Yeah, I guess like the moral of the story is. Uh, don't go back and listen to the early Bachelor of Hearts episodes. <laughs> Are yeah, they fine? No. I don't even know. I have no <laughs> idea. See, this is the thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, we're not we're not trying to cancel Steph. Um, this, it's not what we do here, uh, or at least not to this person for this reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, big protest today. Anyway, uh, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> this week on the television. A lot of pot, a lot of, lot of fucking bachelor. Oh my god, so many pots were stirred. A lot of pots being stirred. I nearly said a lot of pod, and I was like, yes, <laughs> that will also be true. That's but also true. Yeah, uh, that's also true. Uh, let's begin our recap this week with The Bachelor Australia season nine episode 10, ten. Maybe mm-hmm. I did put a question mark there because mm. I, I'm not clear on it. We'll call it ten. <clears throat> uh, I want to warn people. I've been fairly thorough this week. Just, you can probably tell. You can probably tell uh, if you're looking ahead on how many minutes are left of this pod. But anyway, um, James Nicholson, the lead of Australia's current season of The Bachelor, arrives at West Head Lookout in Kurungai Chase National Park and stands on a rock surveying the landscape. He poses in casual chino shorts and a neutral-toned, slightly unbuttoned shirt, gazing off into the horizon perhaps pondering the many other strange tasks he has been asked to perform in his time making the show, as a drone fitted with a camera circles him. This quiet moment of reflection is not the only thing the producers of the show have in store for him today, though, and his solitude is soon interrupted by none other than Holly Kingston, a 27-year-old marketing manager who currently has two separate unlinked IMDb pages reflecting her work in both reality and teen-oriented drama television. Okay, tell me more about this. Well, we talked a little bit about how she was on an ABC3 show about five or six years ago, right? Oh, okay, yes. I just thought it was funny that she's on IMDb twice and nobody's put it together. This is the same thing. <laughs> Holly was previously treated to a single date in episode four. She and Jimmy went stand-up paddleboarding, then they kissed in the water together. Jimmy's dog, Billy, disappeared, never to be seen again. Oh, my God. I saw a dog fall in the water on a stand-up paddleboard today. Really? I got video of it. Listeners, oh, I'm going to post it in the Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> Osh posting group. But it was like I just saw it. We were um there's a little lookout over Blackwattle Bay that Danny and I go to sometimes and mm. we were watching and people go past in their kayaks and this person was on there with a dog and I was like Danny holy shit person with a dog on a boat. <laughs> and she was like what are you doing? And then I <laughs> fully got my camera out. And she was like what? I don't, I don't understand this is why nothing. is this important. You, yeah. And I was like, it's just like on the show. <laughs> anyway, going along, going along, going along, dog falls off. <laughs> wow. Is the, did the dog return? Did it surface? The person had to pull their kayak back, like back, mm. back pedal in their kayak. Yeah, yeah. Back yak. And <laughs> then lift the dog out of the water, perform a full Bondi rescue, wow. pop him back on the hull of the kayak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then pedal off. As the dog started to like shake himself off. Oh, thank God. But I'm glad the dog survived. Yeah, it did survive. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Jimmy's dog, Billy. Unlike Jimmy's dog, Billy, who was gone. May she rest. Yeah. uh, But seemingly, based on the strength of that date, uh, Holly has been the front runner for the whole season. And 
it is interesting. Like the the date was like very standard. They ate some fucking microwave pasta, and like they haven't really spent that much time together. But she's indisputably the front runner. Holly has great teeth. I think that might be it. Yeah, I think that basically guarantees you the top spot. Well, the two leave the lookout and they make their way to a rock pool where they magically completely change outfits. Jimmy is now wearing blue shorts instead. I'm sure, listeners, you were thinking, why did he mention? Why did Xavier go to these lengths and mention the color of the shorts? <laughs> I'm paying attention, that's why. Uh, they step into the cool water and one after another, they submerge themselves and resurface, shivering in the cold. And they hold one another close to conserve their body heat. As the two kiss in the water, Holly in voiceover says, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before, despite the shot being framed to look almost identical to the makeout session that they shared on the paddleboard on their previous date. Xavier, it's colder. <laughs> this time it's colder. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That's the, the sequel. <laughs> this time it's colder. <laughs> I like the idea that she might have said, like, uh, it's 10 degrees colder than anything I've ever experienced before. <laughs> The pair then magically change back to their original clothes and are completely dry as they sit at a little batchy bench. That's what I'm calling it. Cute. Uh, for a chat. Holly checks in on Jimmy's symptoms of love. And he says, I'm taking it one day at a time, but I can feel that it's getting more and more serious. She talked to a doctor. Um, Holly says she was terrified that she would come in and not form a connection with the lead, but she believes something pulled her to this experience. She says, I guess, like, I'm feeling quite strongly for you. Uh -oh. Before, I know, right? This is, I mean, this is true romance. Uh, she then recoils and says, I don't want to talk about feelings anymore. Oh, good Lord. That's too much. Jimmy admits to having feelings for Holly and says, you've got this power over me. It's a little bit scary. <laughs> and he reaches behind him. Holly says, what's that? And he says, it's a little thing called a rose. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. <laughs> What did you think of this single date? I, look, <laughs> Holly is clearly the front runner. I don't know if I vibe with Holly or not. I don't know mm. if we would be friends, um, but I kind of, I, I can see how Jimmy is, is one over. She's very flirty and she's very good at, at flirting. And I think that yep. together they make a, they make a nice amount of sense. Yeah. The confessional that she gave where she says, I am very much on a path to potentially falling in love with Jimmy <laughs> contains the exact number of requisite caveats. Right. Potentially on a path, very much falling yeah. in love. Yeah. Uh, it's time, I guess, for Jimmy's mother to visit the mansion. Mm. Why <laughs> is that the case? I don't know. Last week we got the cousin and the mm. sister. This week we get the mom. Could they not have brought them all at once? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. And also, like, there is a time built into the show every season for them to meet the parents. Right. To and, meet okay. the family. I have a whole thought about this because we met the sister, we, we met the mom, but the person who I really emotionally resonated with in that first episode... Yeah. Jimmy's relationship with his dad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I wonder if he was asked and he turned it down. I don't know. Like, it's, and, you know, who are we to speculate about that? But to be honest, Jimmy's sister Tani was incredible last week. Loved her. Yes. Couldn't get enough. Maybe she can be a bachelorette in the future uh, sure. if she is not already betrothed. Who can say? But I don't know. I don't know what I got from the mum this week because it kind of seemed like she was put there on a mission to dig up some 
dig up some dirt rather than really ingratiate herself and and become right. i don't know like like whittled down who might actually be a good fit for her son right uh i completely agree and in fact you're kind of taking the words out of my mouth of my notes here but i think um i think we've answered our own question which is that knowing that the the formal time to meet the family is coming at the end of the season they want to sprinkle in some family stuff before that to create stakes for that interaction. That's interesting. So that they can go like, oh, well, I got a bad vibe from you the first time and yet you're still here. Or like, you know, oh, what happened with so-and-so? You sent her home after I said, you know, like yeah. that, this stuff s- serves to make that later stuff more interesting if it's played correctly. That's interesting because the two people that Tani got such a good vibe from were Brooke who then left, but now is back. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jay, who is skating on the thinnest possible batchy ice that there can be this week. Mm. Mm. So watching Jimmy bring home potentially Holly, who Tiny didn't like that much, or Carly, who seems not to have caused that much of a wave with Tani, mm. versus uh, what the, the mum's impression might be. Very interesting. And the other thread that I do suppose that it tugs at is what was established in the first episode and even before the season where they told us how important Jimmy's family are to him and how the family will play a big part in making this decision. And That's true. To an extent, of fucking course they would because where else are they going to go in this locked down sure. season? It's something for them to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. The women, interestingly enough, have been briefed on it. It's not a surprise to them that the mum's happening. Um, we see a girl chat where they all agree that the stakes are high and they all want the tick of approval. And then we also see them leave the mansion and hop behind the wheel of the cars which are sponsoring this season. And we get a product demo of the sunroof opening and a huge zoomed-in close-up of the logo on the boot as the car drives away in what is undoubtedly some extremely, extremely subtle Cut to Entrata Restaurant and Bar in Glenhaven, New South Wales, where Jimmy's mum, Susan, is waiting at a table set for four. Jimmy tells us in voiceover that she's a psychologist, which may well be true, but here she's functioning pretty much entirely as a mouthpiece for the producers. This mm. is my my grand narrative for, for this. Uh, she'll be meeting the remaining contestants in groups, the first of which comprises Holly, Carly, and Ash. Carly tells Susan that she's really starting to develop feelings for him. This is a big step for Carly. Uh, The food comes. It looks like all four of them had ordered the linguine aragosta, which comes with half a WA rock lobster, cherry tomato, garlic chili, lobster butter bisque, citrus almond pesto, and linguine, and comes to $42 per person. As Susan is winding up to her second question, there are a handful of shots of Holly trying to scoop the meat out of the lobster that she's eating with her fork and spoon, which the sound team have valiantly tried to EQ out of the final mix (laughs) because she's like clanking around. There's a point where she quite clearly gives up on it, which is really Mm. funny. She's just like, this is not happening. I know I'm on a TV shoot right now. I can't can't keep doing it. We can't have an avocado moment. (laughs) Right, exactly. And and it's like, yeah, um, um, past and future guests of the show, Katie Kendall pointed out that it's actually great to see them being able to eat at any point on this show, which doesn't really come up that often. That's Um, true. But yeah, I just thought this little moment of difficulty was really good. Um, But anyway, Susan basically asks if anybody wants to squeal on any of the other women who might be there for the wrong reasons. (laughs) 
and it's obviously set up like the way that they have they've grouped these uh you know settings together is uh to keep certain people away from other people and it's set up so that holly can call out steph which we know she wants to do without steph being there to retaliate so holly says i just personally don't know if jimmy and steph will be all that compatible that's just a personal opinion and then in the moment uh, Susan says, I am interested to find out from Steph to what extent she is really there for the right reasons. Like that dialogue has been fed to her on a teleprompter. Do you know what right, I'm like? There right. is a producer holding up a cue card. Yes, totally. Uh, I, I, I am so curious about the like briefing session that happens before these where they're like, hey, family member, you probably haven't watched the show before. You're like, you know, in your 50s or something. Um, You're well off. Yeah, exactly. You don't need this in your life. Right. This is not your only source of joy. <laughs> uh, like some people. Um, but yeah. The, and then they have to go like, okay, so here's like six key phrases from the fucking vocabulary that we're going to need you to say. Up next, Lily, Tani, and Jay meet Susan. But we literally see like five seconds of it because it's not interesting enough. Uh, we then cut over to Laura and Steph meeting her. Um, she asks about their experience being part of this whole, and then she does air quotes and says, journey. <laughs> like she's literally underlining the stuff that she has been told to say. She says it with a capital J. It's great. It's really good. Um, Susan asks Steph to rate how strongly she feels about Jimmy on a scale from zero to 100. The idea of somebody earnestly asking this question, it's really funny to me. Like, Xavier, how did you feel about this episode on a scale from one to seven? <laughs> I, you know, it was like a seven to, you know, six. So like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How would you feel about this show on a scale from seven to six? Yeah. Uh, six. Six. Uh, Think uh, again. Halfway. Mm. Mm. Steph's answer to this question is also good. She goes, ah, a number. It's such a confluence of so many things that you feel in the mansion. I think in your scale, I'm putting myself at like a 75. That's interested, but not wanting to get hurt. And I'm like, the idea that that's not a fair answer to that fucked up question is yeah. very bizarre to me. I'm like, that's what are you looking That's a great answer. For? Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't seem like she really knows what the question is, but like, what is the question? She's like, I acknowledge your scale. Right. I don't know if I agree with it. Right. Working within those parameters. Exactly. Here's what I think. Yeah. And this is why. And he is like a very healthy majority that feels realistic. Because if you said a hundred, then the narrative would be like, oh, well, she's like too attached or she's, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. she, she's just saying what I want to hear or whatever. There's no right answer. <laughs> they try and make it seem like 75 isn't good. Um, Susan also asks about Steph's relationship history. None of your fucking business. Who cares? Uh, yeah. And she says her last partner really galvanized what she wanted in a relationship. And frankly, you know, this is what she says is totally fine if it's a regular conversation. But I think within the context of The Bachelor or being on a television show, she is just making the crucial error of like, you have to watch what you say. Yep. Because what I think happens is she says things like, you know, I had a lot of great times with my ex-partner. You know, we really meant a lot to one another. They, you know, helped me grow and mature a lot and they helped me realize things about myself and she probably also said things like, but ultimately we weren't right for each other or we had a falling out or we grew apart or, you know, they cheated on me or they went on a killing spree or whatever. And they just cut the second part out. Right. And they make it look like you were saying, oh, yeah, 
God, those were the best times of my life, and nothing ever went wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, she's like summer of sixty nineing it. Yeah, and the producers are like, "Cool, that's all we need. Thank yeah, you very exactly. much." They've just yeah. taken the word sixty nine and removed anything else. <laughs> uh, Steph also says that the fact that she and Jimmy both have their own interests and interior lives would make them a good team together, and that Jimmy offers up a good balance of compatibility and chemistry, and Susan opts to, quote, read between the lines mm. of what she said, which sounds good to me. I think so. And Susan determines that she's still got, air quotes, a spark for him. Do you I know don't those know air what to say. Again? I mean... Give me I... the air quotes one more time, please. <laughs> Do you want me to demonstrate them? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, that's okay. damning. What that's does damning. that mean? Yeah, well, I mean, it. what it means is... She has been given this line, you know? She, she has been fed this. Yeah. I think it's also no accident that she doesn't ask a single question to Laura the entire time that she's sitting there right next to them. Right. And she, you know, yeah, she's clearly been loaded up with doubts about Steph before she enters the chat. And like Holly, she's got her knife and spoon and she's just gouging away at what she perceives to be an open cut so that she and the producers can feast on the delicious, firm, buttery, tender, <laughs> succulent. Oh. Mm, yeah, you can see that her, her earlobe fell in and then someone reached in and grabbed it. Wait, what's that? It was a, it was a rock lobster. Oh. was it? Yeah, that makes sense. That was good. I didn't get it. On a scale from B to 52. <laughs> uh. We see Susan relay this back to Jimmy, saying Holly is lovely. She's genuine. She'd fit in really well. But on the topic of Steph, <laughs> is she really over her ex? I just wonder if she has him as a benchmark. I don't want you wasting your time. And then we also flash back to Jimmy's sister and cousin who also warned him about Steph. And, uh, you know, it's not looking good. He says in voiceover, I'm going to have to talk to Steph about this. But literally, at least from what we saw, the warning that Tani gave about Holly was much more significant. You know, like mm. we heard her, her name was Melissa, Jimmy's cousin, right. say, look, you know, you might have something to look into there with Steph. Yeah. But what Tani said was literally you won't be able to resolve conflict and the relationship won't work. Right. That's it's, such a big red flag. Like that's a much bigger in the context red flag. Not than relevant. What was raised about st- not relevant. You're right. Relevant. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um. Didn't come back up again, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so yes, he's going to have to talk to Steph about this. So we cut back from commercial, pan over a beautiful batchy couch, and Jimmy enters with the woman that he really needs to talk to. That's right. It's fucking Carly. Now. At no point was the prospect of making the best impression on mum to earn extra time tonight ever raised. True. That's not part of it. But it, the edit just doesn't bridge this gap at all. It's so weird. You know, like, I, I guess because I am so ingrained in this show, when Jimmy came back with Carly, I was just like, oh, yeah. Sure. Like, I didn't even question it. Yeah. I think. True. I think, honestly, that usually happens. Mm. And I have entered some kind of you know, third eye state of, yeah, totally. I'm in lockdown. And so therefore I see through time and space and I, you know, I can, (laughs) I can feel the pure bachelor energy radiating out of this episode. Whereas in 
non-lockdown periods, we live a, well, semi-charmed kind of life, and your third eye is blind. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, I miss those charms that mm. we used to have. Um, anyway, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's Carly. We like Carly. Carly's, Carly's nice. great. Carly's such a breath of fresh air at this point as well. She's so normal. Yeah, she really is. Jimmy says, we're at the pointy end now. We've gone from economy to business class. I hated it. <laughs> I had th- like five different jokes about this all sprung into my mind. I think it's funny that she, uh, that Jimmy says that they're in business class when Jay is the one from the business lounge, not Carly. Right. <laughs> He's getting his <laughs> yeah. brunettes mixed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, not so good. I mean, <laughs> come on. Do you know, what about uh, we've gone to premium economy? And I know about premium economy only because before they folded with the pandemic, I think they folded. Tiger? Did Tiger close? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had a subsidiary called Scoot Biz. <laughs> Excuse me. Have we talked about this on the pub before? <laughs> I don't know about Scoot Biz. Great. So Scoot Biz is Tiger Airways premium economy line, and you can only get it on flights to Singapore. Okay. But if you are flying Tiger to Singapore, you can pay an extra $1,000 to fly their premium economy line, which is called Scoot Biz. Right. And now, why wouldn't you? Because then you get to say the word Scoot Biz a whole bunch of times. You get to say Scoot Biz a heap. You get to sit up the front of the plane. Mm. And the benefits include the following. Number one, little Toblerone. Oh, yummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a glass of Wolf Blast Shiraz. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how could you pass it up? Fly Scoot Biz, baby. It's now time to thank our sponsors for this episode. <laughs> and this week we are brought to you by Scoot Biz. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Proud sponsors of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Carly says, everything I'm learning about you, I'm really loving. And I do have really strong feelings towards you. And I want you to know that. I'm so enjoying getting to know you. And I'd really like to kiss you right now. I think it's nice. I, I think it's it was good. Right. Yeah. And it's more direct than what Holly gave us as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I am potentially on the path to falling down the rabbit hole of hypothetically falling in love with maybe you Jimmy. someone like you yeah yeah Yeah. whereas this is like i'm really liking getting to know you yeah can i kiss you now it feels way more honest it's it's still like despite the fact that it's not the most direct language that you ever hear on these shows it feels like she is not decorating it too much she's kind of just you know she's kind of just saying how it is she's straightforward Mm. i like it um jimmy gives her a rose and then says yes you are perfect but there's also a lot more to you Oh my god. What is that? Like, yes, you're perfect, but also you're bad. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh hard cut to the cocktail party. Carly is wearing a different outfit. It's a little bit jarring. I'm not gonna, you know, sit on it for too long. Steph says she thought that the mum chat went really well, and she'd be surprised if anything negative got back to Jimmy. Ooh. <laughs> Um, Jimmy and in the moment says, I'm not angry at all that Steph's got feelings for her ex-boyfriend. It's completely fine, but I wouldn't have come into this experience if I wasn't over my ex. And I think it's unfair coming into this experience if you're not ready. Did or did we not have a woman on our very podcast who had dated (laughs) Jimmy 
not that long before long he went. Mm. Yeah, is that who he's talking about? I, I mean, can, would mm. he call? Would he consider her an ex? I don't know. They Very went on say. some dates. It's not for us to speculate. Uh, that's funny. I didn't think about that. Um, Jimmy is taking the chat that he had with his mum real seriously. The like two sentence chat that we saw earlier, where she's like, "Listen, for no particular reason, <laughs> I am coming down." Hard. Yeah. Steph um, has crossed me in a way that she will never recover from. Right. I had a hypothesis about Steph when I came into the conversation about Steph, and it was not explicitly proven wrong to the fullest extent of what I desired. I am also on reality television. Right. And let me tell you something about that. That man over there telling me all the things, very nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I believe everything I'm told. <laughs> Jimmy pulls Lily for a chat, assuming that she will be an unbiased paragon of virtue for some fucking reason. I don't know. Uh, And Lily says, well, now that you mention it, uh, on night one, Steph did say, if this doesn't work out, I'll just go back to my ex. Love that. Sure. Yeah. Do it. Fucking why not? Better run it past Tani to be safe, though. Hilariously, he tells her, I feel like every time my family members come in, there's a couple of bombshells dropped. And I'm like, every time you involve your family members in the reality TV show where you date dozens of strangers who have been specifically chosen to make dramatic storylines and who inarguably stand to profit from making their time on the show memorable. I'm like, yeah, buddy. Sir. Sir. (laughs) Tani agrees that Steph is the type that, quote, might just say what Jimmy wants to hear before adding that she's not the only one who might not be there for the right reasons. Bum, bum, bum. And after a commercial break for extra su- suspense, she volunteers that Jay said, quote, I would like to finish runner-up because I heard that they do better. Jimmy says he's shocked and blindsided. He asks her, do you think Jay's pulling the wool over my eyes? And Tani says, the comments that have been made, you don't stumble over. Now, I conducted some research about the veracity of these claims this week. Uh, you can see some beautiful graphs about this on our socials. Um, I was curious about the history of Australian Bachelor and Bachelorette and whether the uh, runner-up tends to do better. Uh, the main conclusion is that there's no clear trend towards runners-up doing better uh, in either Bachelor or Bachelorette, as, at least as far as Australia goes. I think it was Jody McAllister, who is another Bachelor live tweeting person, um, who brought up that we're looking at this within the context of Australian Bachelor, but within the context of US Bachelor, there's typically a much better chance of the runner-up being asked back on to be the lead of a future True. season. Yeah. And so I didn't get time. I'm so sorry, dear listeners. <laughs> I didn't get time to do all the research of all the fucking 2000 seasons they have over there. Uh, I will probably do it, to be quite honest. I might publish it on the Bachelor of Hearts Instagram over the next few days. Keep your eyes peeled. Um but that's, that seems like it stands to reason. I'd be curious. Anyway. Jimmy decides he needs to get to the bottom of the Steph situation first. So he pulls her for a chat and tells her she really stood out to him initially, but then his mum came in and some stuff came up. <laughs> and then his audio is faded down and we cut to Steph in a hoodie with like teary this eyes. so good. Yeah. But it's very. I found this very strange. I like the fact that she's th- she's there in a hoodie. Like clearly, she has been wrangled after leaving to come back and be like, "Listen, 
We get it. You're going to leave. It's okay. Just fucking, we need Voxies. Right. So what does this say about the order of operations is my question. Because we see Steph leave. We see her limo exit. Yeah. And then what? Did they loop around the block, drive her back, put her in a hoodie and make her ask a que- answer questions? So the limo exit is is a funny part of this show because that is not footage of them driving the person home. Mm. Because what happens almost all of the time, as far as I am aware, is they, you know, okay, I, I should preface this by saying that this this information is, the, the, the thing that I am pretty sure about with this is the American show. Um, and I don't know for sure that the Australian show operates like this, but they just take them out and drive them around for a while, basically. And they talk to them in the back of the car until they get enough footage, usually until they cry. <laughs> I have oh, heard. Uh, they, you know, like this is an opportunity for them to get their last um, footage of this person and to decide what kind of exit they're going to get and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, because we, we see these limo or backseat interviews most of the time, at least with the key yeah. players. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I think that they take him out, they drive him around for a while and then they come, they, they have to like go to a hotel or something, you know, like there's still some duty of care. They're not just like dropping him home or whatever. Yeah. I think the way that it works is that they probably take them back to a hotel. When we had Alicia on the pod uh, a little while back, she was telling us that in her season, she, and I think Romy got booted in the same episode. Yeah. And, they had had a big conversation in the limo on the way back to the hotel. Right. Yeah, that checks out. Um, but yeah, but I I also wonder at what point the hoodie interviews took place. I don't necessarily think that they drove them around, they drove her around for a while, then drove her back to the mansion, then took her out again. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like we would have seen more exit if that were the case, if the, if she left twice or whatever. Um, so I can only assume that like the leaving that she did was staged or you know reenacted yeah or something. something like that but anyway yes she's in this hoodie she's doing this itm it's very disjointed it's very frankenbitten i don't actually know what this means she says you know what i'm in a tough spot bit of trouble having to get out of hot waters so here's my last hurrah and then she begins to cry as uh jimmy tells her that people have been saying she's still in love with her ex I guess the implication of that in the moment is that she's fake crying. Yeah. And Osha seemed to reinforce that on Twitter as well. Oh, okay. I don't remember this. Osha was basically like, imagine being able to cry on cue. Oh. Well, it didn't seem very fake to me. Um, she could well have been fake crying and should be, be great at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it seemed to me like we turned away for a second and we were back with her and her face was just like full of water. Sopping wet. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me speaks more of an editing thing than like an incredible ability to spontaneously, you know, but, or, you know, it just, it did just feel like a, a outburst of emotion. Mm. But again, like I am not immune to uh, people who are good actors or people who can cry on cue or anything, you know. But listeners, do you know what you can become immune to is the novel coronavirus. <laughs> and we here at the Bachelor of Hearts podcast would encourage you to go out and get vaccinated wherever you can. Absolutely. Uh, my second jab is next week. I'm very excited about it. There you go. Get that. Yes, uh, I think I will. <laughs> Thank you. Steph sort of laughs through her tears saying, who said that? I've never spoken about that ex to anyone in this house. Uh, did you ask anyone about Holly and how shit she is? <laughs> <laughs> this is, a this is great. Oh, it's so great. Good. Yeah. 
Uh, Jimmy says, look, Steph, I don't want to sit here and have an argument with you. The thing is, the thing is, I think Steph is doing a great job here. I think she's being kind of funny. She's sticking to her guns. Um, she knows what's happening. She's playing the game. Jimmy is not having any of it. He's like, do you genuinely see something here with me? Because if not, I think we should just call it a day. And Steph says, I'm very happy to leave. And she gets up and she walks out. She's staring daggers at this time too. She's like, this is a fabulous performance from Steph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the moment, she very coolly, casually says, cool, see you, dude. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think maybe the show wants us to see this as a, you know, a, a bad farewell for her. Like, mm. you know, this this is proof that she was bad all along or something. Um, but I, I actually feel like Jimmy was a little bit out of line here. Um, he doesn't seem interested at all in hearing Steph's side of the story. Um, and there's this in the moment where he seems almost vindictive because he says, I think Steph proved to me tonight that she probably should have gone a long time ago. When the pressure's on, your true colors come out. And I think Steph's true colors came out tonight. I'm like, what didn't we see here? Yeah, I don't know. It's very hard to imagine what might have been missed. And all we can do is respond based on what's been shown. Mm. With that said, I feel like Jimmy's mind was pretty made up yeah. going into that conversation with Steph. And when she began to justify or defend herself, depending on how you look at it, or try to throw Holly under the bus, yeah, he was like, nah, I'm having none of it. Yeah. And at that point, I think, let's say he's got confirmation from mum, he's got confirmation from the other girls, he's ready to pull the pin. And at yeah. that point, he's just like, I'm not interested in having a bar of it. Whereas Steph, I think I feel undecided about Steph because she's clearly a really complex character for mm. this show. I think that she was a fabulous villain. And as we said last episode, a viable romantic competitor. What's the word? You right. know, Like equal for Jimmy as at least the first couple of weeks evolved and we saw him become infatuated with her. Mm -hmm. All of the other stuff, the gaslighting and the, the, I called you a cunt and the fucking, there, there's so much other stuff to Steph that happened in the mansion. And I don't know how much to attribute to Steph maybe being, not a nice person, vindictive, whatever it is that you might want to call her versus how much of that you attribute to someone playing a character for TV or being characterized in a particular way on TV. Yeah. Or, you know, just seemingly having like a pretty dry sort of sarcastic delivery or, or personality or whatever you want to call it. And that um, really lending itself to a villain edit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they do her pretty dirty in the backseat interview. Like yeah. maybe that's why I'm thinking so fondly and finding it easier to forget the, you know, cause you're right. Like she, she, she has said some bad things that, that were hurtful to people and that kind of thing. Her, her behavior has not been spotless, um, which I'm sure is the case for most of the people there, but whatever. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, in, in this backseat interview, an unseen producer asks if she's all right. And she pretty clearly sarcastically says, yeah, dude, I'm fucking ecstatic. 
but they like play that like she meant it, I guess. Yeah. And then there's this very Frankenbitten dialogue where she says, I would marry my ex a thousand times before I would get with Jimmy. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I'm just like, like you said, uh, we came to care about Steph. She is a good villain because she is a viable romantic interest and somebody who, despite, you know, causing trouble or, you know, being at the heart of, I should say being at the heart of some trouble rather yeah. than causing it. Cause I don't necessarily want to put blame on her. Um, you know, she's somebody who we care about what happens to her. I think so. And for that reason, if paradise were ever to return, mm. Steph is someone who I'd really be open to seeing come back. For sure. All of this nastiness notwithstanding i hope yeah. that there is a resolution i doubt that there will be but i'm happy to give some benefit of the doubt yeah uh steph experienced a healthy jump in her instagram followers this week racking up 1527 new there followers for a series total of 3865 we will talk a bit more about the instagram gains a little bit later in the pod but anyway as anticipated the night is not over it's a double episode and so we hurtle full speed towards The Bachelor Australia, Season 9, Episode 11? We begin this episode at Glenworth Valley on the Central Coast, specifically at a campground where tents are set up for the women already, as well as a campfire, chairs, beds, lanterns, and a whole pig roasting on a spit. <laughs> I was like, because they're all talking about like, oh, I love camping. I, ever since I was a little kid, I love, you know, I was like, fucking, you don't get, you're just going to sleep this somewhere else. This is not else. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so have, you, have you ever been camping in Glenworth Valley? Uh, I have been to Glenworth Valley. Um, as a young lad, I went there on band camp, but I think we oh, stayed Oh, you have in... been camping. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. Uh, have you? No, I did go off-roading accidentally there once, um, by which I mean I was trying to drive. You were trying to... to drive on the road and you accidentally, <laughs> you were too drunk or you fell asleep at the wheel or what, what, what happened? What happened is that I was trying to drive to Danny's family house, but there was, I got told that there was this one exit that you're supposed to take, hmm. um, you can't take. And it was, was blocked up or something like that. So you've got to go this other exit. I took that exit somehow ended up in Glenworth Valley driving my little shitty Hyundai Gets completely off-road down this like dirt path where I had to like do this one. You know, uh, listeners, what I'm describing to you is the steering motion where you're basically just spinning the wheel yeah. to try and get any traction whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Seems I would bad. encourage, in fact, sponsors of the pod Glenworth Valley would... <laughs> <laughs> Scoot Biz Everybody's flying Scoot Biz Everybody's flying Scoot Biz Everybody's flying Scoot Biz Brad sponsors the Bachelor of Hearts podcast Nothing bad ever happened there No uh, We see Jay, Laura and Ash getting cozy in their tent But saying the dynamic has changed Jay's been hearing rumours about herself for example, Jay has a cool new hat. It's like a wrap around her head made out of black fake fur. Jay looks so cool and stylish in her new hat. Jay must have had her, her hat snuck in by producers and so on. I hated this hat. It's a pretty wild hat. It's an awful hat. 
It's, it's a real serious departure from the regular J style. We both went to each other with like, this is an extremely Russian hat. Right, yeah. Which I adored. I also think that there is a little bit of Buckingham Palace guard to it. Oh, that's true. It's the same material for sure. Mm. That fuzzy black. Yeah, you're, you're dead what on. What animal they had to kill? Oh, God. Uh, they killed previous bachelors. <laughs> pretty fucked up. Uh, Asha then appears to introduce the women to Katya Loisel from Love Destination, a relationship and body language expert who Channel 10 have had on speed dial for years, but who I believe has somehow not appeared on The Bachelor yet. Katya has appeared in countless executive boardrooms, spurious TV chat shows, and is now the founder and CEO of a global streaming video on demand network. Also, about 20 years ago, she was on one episode of Blue Healers. Oh, good for Katya. Yeah, why not? Um, she tells the group, a lot of people underestimate the way that we use body language to communicate. So today, we're going to get back to nature, strip everything away, and really connect. And Jimmy helpfully says, I've had a bit of exposure to it at work where we've studied the importance of nonverbal communication. So I believe in this stuff. And past and future guest of the pod and ex-Batchy contestant Janie Burks DM'd me at this point to say, did Jimmy just say he believes in nonverbal communication? <laughs> this is... <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> really good. Really good. Uh, and apparently the uh, nonverbal communication that she's talking about is smell. She's <laughs> 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 an expert. Uh, and she's like, if you stink too much, people won't like you. <laughs> uh, Jimmy's going to be blindfolded. Classic. Uh, and the women will, quote, leave their odor print on him. Uh, then, <laughs> Look, Could you have not? This is, this is a romance show. <laughs> they bring in like a relationship expert. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, you guys need to uh, put your scent on each other. Uh, this is a dating show for uh, uh, skunks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is dogs mucking their territory show. <laughs> this is Peter Hellier rubbing the mayonnaise under his arms <laughs> on Skit House. Oh, every time Skit House gets a mention, I uh, an angel gets their wings. Drink. Then, yeah, it it looks like he's gonna have to like guess who they are or something. That's kind of how I feel like this traditionally goes. But mm. he just says whether he or not he likes the smell. I can't. I can't. Holly comes up to him and says. Uh, Holly comes up to him and Jimmy says, it smelled good. It smelled calming and confident. What is a confident smell? If only my scent could be described as confident <laughs> one of these days. I disagree. Who's I almost, that confident smelling boy? I almost feel like a confident smell is one that is like in your face and, you know, like really pungent. Oh, true, true. Whereas I prefer um, the more subtle mm, nuanced smells. Sort of, yeah. yeah. A shy Odor. <laughs> I feel like the members of the band Ocean Alley would have a confident smell. Sure. <laughs> no one's talking about shy Trump odors. <laughs> good, good. Uh, then Katia tasks the women with a two-minute non-verbal stare down. And that's it. They just kind of need to look into the bachelor's eyes for a while. Um, and Lily seems to struggle. She looks away and she says, I'm so awkward at this. That's mm. a red flag to me, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit difficult. Look, I will say that, uh, to our 
friends in the communities where maybe staring is a little bit difficult for you. Uh, I hear you. It's okay. Sure. Yes. This. Okay. Uh, look, uh, we are given no reason to believe Lily is anything other than a woman who should want to stare into the eyes of the Bachelor. Right. It, to to me, this. I mean, I don't want to be insensitive because you're right. There are there are people who for whom that is not a natural or easy thing to do. But in my opinion, for like most people who get cast on this show, uh, sure, this is one of the easier challenges we've seen on a group date. Surely. Yeah. What did you What did you say this challenge? This part of it was called. The nonverbal stare down. I would have called it the Cartier watch. <laughs> Wait, don't be through it. What's that? Okay, so oh, like uh, a car wash? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so there's a jewelry brand called Cartier. <laughs> okay, okay, I believe and you. they're really famous for this one particular brand of watch that they make called a Tank, right. which Princess Diana used to wear, and oh. lots of different people. So, uh, in fact, the Cartier watch was the um, watch that was purchased by the former head of Australia Post that got oh, that's this thing for yeah. all of her business people. Got yeah. It. So, if you want like a stock standard, run of the mill, entry level Cartier tank, three thousand mm. dollars. However, uh, in this context, the word watch is being used as a substitute for the word stare. No, I think I'm getting it. Cartier. Yeah. I think at this point Ca- I'm getting it. It kind of sounds like Cartier. Do you do you mean to do you want me to go anymore? I just think it's surprising that it's been 10 years since Cartier released somebody that I used to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, they're fucking looking at each other. <laughs> uh it sets the scene for some pretty good tension. I think Jay and Jimmy are staring deep into each other's eyes. And I guess he's thinking, is she here for the right reasons? Does she just want to be the runner up for some reason? How many Instagram followers did Bella get compared to Irina? Yeah, great question. But then, well, we, the answer to that question is on our social media. But then they interrupt this moment, and this really frustrated me. They interrupt this good moment of tension where they're just fucking giving each other the fucking Mexican standoff stare down. By adding in a flashback where we rewatch in sepia tones Tani throwing Jay under the bus, events which, thanks to the way Ten has stitched these episodes together, happened like less than 45 minutes ago. We saw this. You don't need to do it! This we is, know that this happened. Yeah. This is like they didn't even rewatch this episode when they decided they were going to cram them together. They're like, yeah, it'll be fine. That night at the campfire, the weird vibes begin immediately when Jay asks, ooh, can we tell scary stories? And Laura jokes, I'll just tell one of my ex-boyfriend's stories. They're pretty scary. Oh, God. And and everybody laughs like that's just a normal joke, even though is she fucking obsessed with her (laughs) ex-boyfriend? Get over it. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird that we didn't hear anything about that from Jimmy's mom. a peep. Mm. Where is she? Right, exactly. And she, speaking she of peepers, Jimmy's mom's uh, Cartier watch, pretty intense. Oh, she's got a very intense gaze. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're chopping up ingredients to make burgers over the fire. And Laura makes an incredible joke that I am shocked made it into the edit. I didn't spot it first time. I caught it second time. It's fucking great. She's holding these big, long, phallic Lebanese cucumbers up into the air. And she says, one for each tent, right, ladies? Oh, my God. Right? What else could that mean? 
so smart. She, she's fucking great. I think it's funny as well that I'm like celebrating this bawdy humor that snuck under the radar where the most recent US Bachelorette, the season that just ended, she was picked for the role because she caused such a sensation when she stepped out of the limo holding her vibrator yeah. that they had to put her in the lead. And they even used the vibrator extensively when they were promoting the series. Incredible. Whereas in Australia, I'm like, ha, 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 we snuck a joke in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Holly in VO says, all of the girls and Jimmy have decided it's a great idea to play Never Have I Ever. This is uh, what uh, many people know, what, what the technical term I believe is a fucking lie. Because uh, <laughs> Holly asks, who wants to go first? And everyone is extremely reluctant. Because no one wants to go first. Nobody it's wants to never play never a good game. idea to play on this show. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, here's what we learn. Holly, Jimmy, Jay, Lily, and Carly have been intimate in a public place. Presumably not together. Together? <laughs> yeah, I don't Good. know. Uh, everyone except Laura has been skinny dipping. Um, I think these are both good questions to ask in a Never Have I Ever, fo- like in within The Bachelor, because you want to make yourself look as good as possible. And Definitely. you want to be like, I'm cool. I go skinny dipping. I'm adventurous. Right. Um, and then Laura asks if anyone has ever cheated on anyone, which like, why would anyone put their hand up? Who's doing that? Uh the sanctity of the game of The Bachelor is so much more important than the rules of Never Have I Ever. Like, nobody's going to be like, well, since you asked. <laughs> um, yeah, Mindy Kaling is somewhere off screen being like, hello? <laughs> we got two seasons on Netflix? Um, yeah, nobody takes a sip uh, except J- Mindy Kaling. Um, Jimmy asks, during this experience, never have I ever told someone exactly what they want to hear, as in bullshitted me. And nobody drinks. And then he goes, oh, you can drink if you think somebody else here has bullshitted me. And then everybody sips. Jimmy. (laughs) This is a real pot-stirring move, right? It's a huge pot-stirring move. (laughs) I, like, I love the second half. The first half, I was like, what are you, this is, this is useless. (laughs) Why, why are you the bachelor? And then the second question, I was like, oh, that's why. Oh, now you get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Tani says, in more ways than one, while staring daggers over at Jay, this is fucking juicy. It was great. Yeah. And Jay goes next and she says, never have I ever made up a rumor in the house about a girl that wasn't true. Oh, my God. I Be love how this subtle. plays out. Yeah. Be more subtle. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just like, you were, you are as uh, obtuse as a fucking square. Yes. But I think here's- Wait, he, squares are 90 degrees, aren't they? I don't know They're how right angles, angles. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, you get me. I think what, what makes this work for me is- uh, not that it's good play from any of the people involved, but I think it's good play from the producers mm. who have really cranked up the tension here and they haven't allowed it to dissolve until this sitting setting. Like this is the only way that they have been able to address this thing that's obviously been on their mind all day. And right. they have to do it in this sort of like uh, passive aggressive gameplay or whatever. And Jay asks, oh, we have to be honest, right? Uh, right Uh, okay and they cut together all of the little silences from the entire night it seems like Mm. so it makes makes it seem like everybody is just sitting there quietly for a minute or so and then holly says well on that note uh i reckon we should go unpack our stuff good night (laughs) ash in the moments that the divide between the women is growing and laura jokes that jimmy should sleep with one eye open (laughs) as we learned last week there is no eye in jimmy (laughs) 
The next morning, we cut to an extreme close-up of someone struggling to pull a white chocolate, cranberry, and macadamia protein cookie out of its plastic packaging. A pretty poorly executed form of extremely subtle sponsored content. We thank you, Foods, the sponsors of this episode. Please use our promo code BOHPOD for 10% off at checkout. <laughs> can't, you can't do that. Scoot Biz, everybody's flying. Scoot Biz, everybody's flying. Scoot Biz, everybody's flying. Scoot Biz, proud sponsors of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. We need, you Foods will never give us any money if we do that. Don't eat you foods. Eat me foods. <laughs> I'm starting my own one, and it's even worse. Scoot biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot biz. Proud sponsor of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Weirdly, though, we don't see anybody actually eating it. They just pull it out of the packet. Mm. A bit strange. So Jay asks Jimmy, what would you have done if someone snuck into your tent? And I think that's a really good question. Like, why didn't anyone do that? You know, you've been True. given the opportunity for an overnight date, um, or at least... He's right there. Yeah, he's right it's there. Like there's a padlock on it. No, yeah. He, you know, he's right there. You could have some fucking pretty juicy alone time. Mm-hmm. Having somebody sneak out of their tent in the middle of the night would be really good TV as well. It's a bit like having a delicious mouth-watering U-Foods protein cookie and then not eating it. Huh? Huh? Right? Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Pratt's sponsor of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. I'm curious about... I didn't write this in my notes, but like Jimmy takes Jay for a single date whilst everybody else is just fucking standing around. I yeah, guess. what are they doing? I don't know. Because they don't cut back to them at all. Right. Because like, and all of the other non-activities that they would have had at the house, like, I don't know, exercise and mm. yoga. I, who can, <laughs> like, what are they fucking do? Reading? Yeah. I've been taken away from them. Yeah, exactly. They're just like bird watching or something. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's a single date. They're going horse riding together. Um, absolutely no sign of a gigantic urinating horse penis this time so around. So rude. So rude on behalf of the show. I did look. Um, Me too. <laughs> after a bit of clipping and clopping, they arrive at, you guessed it, a batchy couch in the middle of a field where they are going to get down to the more serious matter at hand. This is what I mean about the activities being so useless. Can I quickly like just, just say the matter at hand? Like hand, like the horse measurement. Oh, like a stable hand? Oh, no, but like you measure a horse in units called hands. Oh, geez. There'll be one person listening to this who's really going to like that. And her name is Eilish Gilligan. Thanks for listening, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Ne nay. <laughs> okay. Jimmy says, one of the things that came up was that you had said at some stage something along the lines of, I would prefer to be runner-up because they do better. Jay denies it. Not once have I ever said that. Jimmy says, at the end of this process... But twice. <laughs> Not once have I said that, but twice. It's great. <laughs> Jimmy says, at the end of this process, people are going to know who you are, and you can develop a bit of an online presence. I just, never, I just never would have thought that it was even something that would have crossed your mind. 
<laughs> this man so- sometimes is too pure for this world. Oh, buddy. And I don't believe it for needs a second. To use his describing words. Yes. Uh, to, uh, I would love to know what he really thinks. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, we have watched so many episodes of so many seasons of this show. Mm. Not once have I thought, other than when Matt Agnew said, tonight has been a tremendous waste of time. Yeah. Have I felt like I really knew exactly what was on The Bachelor's mind at <laughs> yeah. the, any given moment. It's true. This is one of those situations where I would be like, God, I just want him to speak plainly. The conversation that's not happening here is so interesting. Right. The conversation right. that is happening here fucking sucks. Right. Um, you know, Jay says, I wouldn't say that. I haven't even joked about that. Why would I say that? And Jay says, I'm 32. I want to get married and have kids. So I'm not about building my following on Instagram. I want to meet somebody and I want to build a life with them. Babes, have you heard of a mummy blogger? Yeah. I'm just like, I want to build our following on Instagram together. (laughs) Jay tries her hardest to push back on this and Jimmy sort of reluctantly says, I will believe you and I know we can move forward. I do really like you and I never thought you'd be the like Insta girl or whatever. Side note, Insta girl would ironically have been a way better superhero name than VJJ. (laughs) (laughs) And Jimmy is kind of still struggling with it in IMO. He says, I find it hard to believe that Tani would have just pulled these rumors out of thin air, but I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, it's just funny. Tani. Yes. We have to consider that Tani is the source of all of this Mm. and that up until last week, I don't think that any of us knew who Tani was. And the only reason that Tani is on the map is that Tani's mum came into the house and bullied Jimmy into giving her some time (laughs) alone, which we didn't see on the TV. Yes. To the extent that Jimmy should have a relationship of trust with any of these women, fuck, it shouldn't be Tani. Tani has, as you said, had a tiny amount of screen time. Yeah, it's been tarnished. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why we're trusting her. It's a good point. Um, but yeah, I just think it's funny. Like the idea that getting Instagram followers is so diametrically opposed to being there for the right reasons. Right. That you can't even admit to having realized that it might happen. Oh my god. And you have to pretend that you really don't want it to happen. Which is so absurd. Right. You're like, fuck anyone who wants to follow me on Instagram because I'm interesting and beautiful. Yeah. And who cares? The fact that Jimmy as lead has to pretend that he doesn't want a partner who is, quote, like that, despite volunteering to be the lead of a nationally broadcast reality TV show himself yes. and racking yes. up thousands of followers himself. It's hilarious. And it's also just like, have we learned anything from like previous seasons of this show? Like, that's what it's about. You are here to become both pseudo-influencers. Maybe, if you're really, really lucky and good like Abby is, proper influencers. Right. Or you can become a couple who lifts each other up in the world of influencing. And, you know, if you're lucky like people in The American Bachelor often are, you can go on to create an influencer child together and you can share every stage of that child's life and, you know... uh, get sponsorships for its nappies and that you know like what, what why would you do this if you didn't yes. want that to happen it's, it's it's obscene at the very least you don't have to go on survivor you know that this is why you do it so you don't have to go back to that fucking island a third time lachlan gilbert just like it is one of a few times and i guess we'll talk about it a little bit later where like 
the rules of the game and the rules of actually being in a relationship don't really line up. And yeah, I guess on a show like this, they absolutely should. There's so much more to come, listeners, that as well as the objectively insane thing that Brooke said uh, later in the in the third episode that I can't wait to get to. Please stick with us. We've got yes. so much more to Holy come. Holy shit, yeah. Um, let's cut to the Bush cocktail party. Uh, everybody's on edge at the BCP. I, <laughs> I abbreviated it there, even Bottom though I don't camping, think it, pishing. Yeah, that's right. I don't think it comes up again. Fishing um, with a PH. Oh my God, it was uh, right yeah, there. Yeah, it's right there. Because uh, of the band. Uh, yeah. Everybody's on edge, or maybe they're just cold. Um, they really look pretty cold. Uh, there's a little fire pit, but the producers have sectioned off the women into groups. So Tani, Lily, and Holly are huddled around this little gas heater. I'm, mm. I'm frankly concerned. Um, they're, defi- they're divided up by hair color, which I think is interesting. That was very funny. It was a great tweet from you. I just don't, I don't know what to make of it, really. But, you know, maybe it is just how the drama has uh, has come out. You know, like, this has to happen sometimes, statistically. This is Survivor Blondes versus Brunettes. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel like if I could have, if I took my glasses off, I would just have absolutely fucking no idea who was talking at any one point. Just a static shot of three women who all look fucking identical. Um, Jimmy brings a roseless Jay back to the campsite and he ITMs. I think tonight's cocktail party is going to be pretty chill, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I mean, maybe the temperature. Maybe okay, so maybe the, uh, maybe the temperature, but also Jimmy on the way into the cocktail party was like, please... Do not bring anything up about this. Don't raise this with Tani right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you catch this? I feel like he was like, it's going to be chill because I've told Jay explicitly not to bring this up. I think I missed that. Yeah. For me, this was the thing that was was striking because they're walking back into the party and you catch them with captions and he says like, yeah, look, let's not raise it tonight. Maybe it's something for later. And Tani's yeah. like, yep, yeah, 100%. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty damning. Interesting. Jimmy pulls Carly first because she, quote, doesn't get caught up in drama and tells her, I think it's important for me to say that you are rock solid, which is about as close as he's come to a declaration of love. Um, Carly says, I hear drama all the time, but if it's got nothing to do with me or I haven't directly heard anything, it's not my story. Mm. I feel like that is production language, right? They're like, you are not in this storyline, you know? Yep. Yeah, um, this is, you know, like, it's not like Juliet where she's like, it's not my lyric. No. This is, I I am here, I am being cast as someone with a narrative, and this is not the narrative that I have been prescribed. Right, and she knows that it's not to her advantage to become intertwined with the other narratives. Well, yep. She knows the right narrative lane for her to stay in. You know oh, what I mean? She's so good. She absolutely knows what she's doing. Yes. Uh, Jay tells her trusted circle of brunettes about the rumor... <laughs> That she's only here for Instagram. Ash says, that is ridiculous. Bless. Um, and Jay whispers, that's my character that you're debasing. Tiny- my character. My, oh, the, yeah. the self-awareness here is so good. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Tani ITMs. I hope that she doesn't bring it up, especially in this group setting, but I wouldn't put mm. it past her. Mm. Cut to Jay telling the brunettes, I might just say it in a group setting. This I cackled. It was so funny. Brilliant. It's such good editing. Yeah. I love that they, like, clearly at some point they realized that they either had this or that they had it from one and that they could get it from the other. Right. And that to me is just 
it's exquisite it's production of show. Yes. Uh, yeah, as much as we have commented on a few weird production things that we're like, oh, why did that happen like that or whatever? Like, it, it's also worth highlighting the moments that are, are truly brought to, like, sparkling. You know, they're, they're polished to within a perfection. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, look, I, what I want to say is that the, I think that the editors as a whole this season have been fabulous. This is... I can feel them having fun. And yeah. I never really have been able to feel that before on a Bachelor season. And particularly with... Uh, a format that reduces the bachelor to someone who is so stiff and wooden. Yeah. Fuck. It's important that someone has fun. Yeah. And, and they're providing a lot of the voice of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like, they, they dictate the direction, but um, in terms of, yeah, I mean, it's such a crucial job. It's, it's they are, yeah, reality yeah. TV thrives on it. They're their own fourth wall. Right. Uh, so Jay says it in a group setting. Um, she says, I know about rumors and woman to woman. I'm just wondering what you'd heard. And if you'd said anything at all, Tani says there was one conversation that Jay had when she was getting her hair and makeup done at some point, wherein Mm. she said, I would like to finish runner up talking about opportunities to take after the show. She says, I was right next to you when you said it. Jay is astonished telling her, I would never say that. Why would I say that? Tani bluntly says, I wasn't spreading a rumor. A rumor is something that's not true. I merely told him about a conversation that happened and I heard it firsthand. Firsthand? Like a horse? Think (laughs) about it. Um, Jay says, why would I say that? Why would I have that conversation in front of you and a makeup person? That just doesn't make sense. Mm. Do you know what's really scary, Tani? Is that you can look at me in the eye and look so, and you're just lying. Tani says, I'm not lying. Why would I make that up? Jay says, maybe since we're dating the same guy and you want him to like you rather than me. I'm going to give you some advice. Next time, don't speak about another woman unless you know it's true. And Tani says, I'm very sorry that you're upset. This is very tense. This is a, this is a tricky conversation. I still am a little unsure about who's right and who's wrong. This and is it. There's no footage of it. Oh, sorry. Right. You keep going. Sorry. Oh, no. That's all I was going to say is is we can't really know. Like We, we might be able to come to a conclusion there is no actual it's schrodinger's fucking cat flat mat rat rat chat <laughs> schrodinger's chat schrodinger's chat nah. <laughs> all right nailed it good good great um yeah look the thing with rumors is that this is secondhand news okay mm. the outcome that they have chosen they're going to go their own way mm. and they're never going back again mm. At a certain point, I would not be surprised if Jay were to say to Jimmy, you make loving fun. At a different time, (laughs) were she to say, oh, daddy, that may also be fun. Were she to say, don't stop, the same. But uh, look, I um, have had some dreams about this and I'm really ready to tell you that there's no footage of this. There's no way for us to know what's true and what's not. Uh, And frankly, I don't want to know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, uh, the I don't want to know is a, is a fun part of it, because it's like, is it more interesting if we know? Probably not, honestly. It's yeah. less fair to the people involved, um, and, you know, if we're to speculate, I can only imagine there's been some kind of misunderstanding. Um, it's pretty rough to see Tani being so unwavering about this, mm-hmm. um, but I also, I can believe and I can sense that this is just kind of blown up so much already that they can both tell one of them's going to go home. And Tani's like, I'm not about to fucking cave on this, you know? Um, right. Even They're if they, both even strong-headed. If they, 
yeah, they're both strong-headed. And even if one of them caves and says, like, you know, I'm sure whatever actually happened, that's not the only reason you're here. I'm sure that's not what you actually meant. And I feel like in this situation and in some other situations on this show, it's to your advantage to have the least charitable reading of whatever comes out of someone else's mouth. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like that happens so often on reality TV and on The Bachelor is like, if it is possible to interpret something the worst possible way, you have got a leg up. Definitely. And if you can give that to someone in any kind of any kind of context, and this is, I guess, what we were talking about with Steph before, where she was talking about her ex and being like, you know, he's great. And maybe the part that they left out was, but he uh, unfortunately has this weird thing with cows, you know, like, right. <laughs> Right. No one says no one says what it is, you know. Yeah. And I also want to say the Goo Goo Dolls cover of "I Don't Want to Know," fantastic. Wait, is "I Don't Want to Know" a Fleetwood Mac song? Yeah, track three on, or rather, track three on oh, side hell. B of Rumors. I'm exposing myself. Okay, the ones that I missed were "Songbird." I couldn't mm-hmm. quite work out how to how to get that That's in. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, "Gold Dust Woman," which yeah, I think again, was the hardest. That's going to be hard to squeeze in. Yeah. Um. The chain. Now, I may have been able to go with the chain of events that led to. I almost I feel like if you had have said that, it would have been too obvious. Because it took me a second to realize what you were doing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. T- Lin- Lindsay, Stevie, Ni- what's <laughs> next, Xavier? <laughs> what's next? <laughs> Stevie has obviously left. Um, stylish Stevie Nix. Uh, thank you, Nix. <laughs> at the rose Good. ceremony osha tells them that this is the first time none of them have had a rose coming into the rose ceremony that is not true okay <laughs> i checked i've been keeping detailed notes are you surprised to hear it on night one jay was given the key to the business lounge which guarantees that they will get time together as the season progresses, which strongly suggests that she's not going to be sent home at the first rose ceremony, but it's not a rose. And nobody else had a rose going into that. Uh, <laughs> I just pictured a little checkbox coming next to my mind, my name or something. I'm like, now I'm getting into heaven. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, finally, that wrong has been righted. Whatever. Is this why Osha called you? What did he call you on Twitter this week? Uh, the ICAC of, no, not the, uh, what, what did he call me? The IPCC of Bachelor Nation or something. Is that right? Yeah. I'm yeah. my Look, algorithms. I mean, words. I'm getting my words. It's nice. You know, IP, UPCCs, IP Doritos. It's all, you know, it's, we're all the same family. <laughs> we both need to see a doctor. Pronto. <laughs> anyway, the rose order goes like this. Carly, Ash, Holly, Laura, Lily, and Jay. So we bid farewell to Tani, who maintains her innocence in her way out, saying, the worst thing is that I can't go back to the mansion and defend my character. He's going to grow closer to Jay, and that's fine. But over time, he's probably going to believe her more and more and think that maybe I did lie when I really didn't. My character. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I fully feel for Tani in this moment. If she thinks that she heard it, Fuck right. hey, that sucks. Yeah, you know? totally. and we don't we are not in a position to be able to say whether or not it's true. 100 percent Yeah. If this is the situation where Tani is correct and she's like, I've been slandered on television. Yeah. And the recourse that you have is so limited. You're never gonna be able to get over that, really. Right. You know? Exactly. And the the flash in the pan that you are is that you were a 
third tier villain below Steph and Sierra and God, probably someone else earlier mm. in the season. Your mum had more screen time than you up until last week. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough for Tani, who always felt like she was bubbling below the surface and ready to um, be a part of something. And it kind of sucks that uh, this is what that turned out to be. Um, she did some interviews this week in the in the days following her exit and maintains her innocence. So um, I'd be curious to... I, I didn't read them. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know the details, but... The thing that I think about Tani is that almost she's a victim of the show casting villains too well this season mm. between Laura, who's not a villain, but kind of fills some of that non-romance space mm. and Steph and Sierra, who absolutely occupied that villainy space themselves, Laura crossing over or Sierra cross. Fuck. Who is it? Steph crossing into romance and Sierra, not so much, mm -hmm. but being a tremendous horny bogan along the way. Yeah. And I think Sierra being less of a direct villain and more of a, like a uh, commentary villain or like a yeah, totally. ITM villain. Yeah. Like a Mary almost. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, What's left for Tani to do? You know, she can't tell the story because we've got other people who we need to tell the story. Yeah. I'd be, she's one of those characters who I'd be really interested to see return to the program, whether that is through Paradise or through some other vessel that hasn't been thought of yet. Let her touch the sand of Fiji. Mm. Or is it Bali? I don't actually know. I think it's Fiji. Yeah. Okay. Tani this week had a pretty good bump on the old socials. Uh, she enjoyed. 1,018 new followers, bringing oh, her, good for her season total to 2,337, as you said, most of which happened this week. Yeah, right. So she got pretty much 50% of her right. following in the past week. Yeah, yeah. Um, presumably, I would guess a lot of people are just like, oh, she's going to go on fucking Instagram live and tell her side of the story, oh, totally. right? Totally. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, that's yet to happen. Maybe we'll report Not on it if it does. this season, yeah. Um, the Bachelor Australia is the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what season and what episode? Let's just dive right Let's in. Let's dive right in. <laughs> I, I always need to use the, I always need to say dive right in, even though it's just, anyway. The Bachelor Australia season nine, episode 12? Question mark. Um, well, yeah, let's forget all about all that. It's time for a big, dumb, sporty group date. Maximum yelling, minimum character development. That's the Bachelor group date promise. This is Wipeout. Right. The six remaining women arrive at Cable's Aqua Park in Penrith, the same place they did the wakeboarding group date with Cousin Mitch and Damo and Bachelorette last season. Oh, I remember this, yes. And I think also maybe the same place we got to see Bill Goldsmith eat shit on a wakeboard in Ali's season. Was good. Good mem. I recommend going mm. back and watching that. Mm. Uh, in the wake of current events. Uh, <laughs> Osha cues up Jimmy to brag about having been in 12 triathlons. That's 36 athlons. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and welcomes them to the first ever Bachelor Love Triathlon. There's an obstacle course, then they swim through a sea of love, and then <laughs> cycle on a water bike to the finish line. First person to reach each checkpoint or red flag along the way will be mm. asked a question, and depending on their answer, they'll get a time advantage, disadvantage, or get to send one of the other women into love limbo. Here's my hypothesis here. Mm-hmm. 
you don't want to come first. Mmm, interesting. Right? If you are coming first, you are risking getting the time penalty because some of these questions are so arbitrary, and we'll get to them in a minute. Yeah. There's no way that you could get the correct answer based on what you think Jimmy thinks about some trivial issue of compatibility Mm. where you keep the tomato sauce or whatever it is. Right, yes, of course. Um, You don't want that. What you want to do is be in second the whole way, mm. and then maybe you make a run for it in the final leg and hope that you get the question right. But at this point, look look at what happened to Jay, for example. Yeah. She, we'll get to it. Yeah, we will. Um, But you don't want to get sent into Love Limbo. Oh no, no. not love lockdown. No, I love limbo, even though I'm <laughs> I'm not very flexible. But maybe it's the song. Um, so yeah, it's like a big physical activity date. There's not actually that much to write about here, except it's kind of weird that physical fitness usually seems to play such a big role in eligibility for the leads of this show. True. Um, I I so as this was going on, I was thinking about like. Yeah, I, I guess there's no wonder there's no representation of people with disabilities or, like, wheelchair users or anything like that. Because, like, they've just got to do this shit no matter what. Right. How are they going to go to... But how are they going to go to the park in Penrith? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, the Penrith people will be so displeased. Mm. They'll be properly pissed. <laughs> um, properly pissed Penrith Panthers. <laughs> the, uh, the red flags present a few interesting discussion points. One goes, it's your wedding day, but at the last minute, there's a case of COVID community transmission. You have to cull your guest list. Please send one lady on the course into love limbo. I would probably pick the one who has contracted COVID-19 personally. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> who, is, who is the sick one, please? Yeah. You should maybe disclose that information. Um, we get a question that says, you and Jimmy have decided to take the next step and move in together. But where? A, his bachelor pad, B, your place, C, start fresh, or D, move in with a parent so you can save for a house together. And all of the women laugh as if to say, you mean like a poor person? <laughs> Jay gets this correct. I'm shaking my head. What? Tell me about, okay, tell me about what Jay said. Well, she says C, right? She says start fresh. Right, okay. I think it's the correct answer in this context, but it's not the correct answer for all people. Yeah, I just feel like it's like the actual truth doesn't matter here. You just need to get it the same as him. You just get the... Exactly, this is the thing, hmm. what Jimmy said. Whereas, right, let me let me give you an example from my own life. Danny moved in with me and Gerbs and at that time back, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, then we lived all together for a year. We got engaged during that time. Yeah. And then... Later on, we found our own place and started afresh. Yeah, and it's and now we're getting divorced. <laughs> no. I was gonna be like, now it's good, right? It's, it's a happy ending. <laughs> um, yeah. What did me and Evie do? I was living in Melbourne and yeah. moved into my parents' house, and then yep. she was living at her parents' you were house. Saving and then money we for a house. Both yep. moved out to a share house together with uh, some other people. I, I, you know. Right. People got to do what they yeah. got to do, I think, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to yeah, remember, if you have to even. with your parents, that's, you know, you go right ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, so, Jay gets it right, but she decides that she wants to give her five-second advantage to Ash, who's in last place. And Osha goes, yeah, sure, why not? And the big, like, bassy strings kick in, and we hear, <sighs> and we hear Holly in voiceover say, 
when there has been so much speculation about whether she's here for the right reasons. And Jimmy in, in the moment says, I'm just a bit confused. It's almost as if Jay wants Ash to win. Does Jay even want to spend time with me? And this sends such a weird message to me. Like, this date is already set up so that physical ability and fitness, like, determines a big part of your chance of getting to the end, which is already weird. But also, mm-hmm. like, isn't this an extremely altruistic and caring move from a front runner? Like, Ash has had so little time with Jimmy, and she's the underdog in both this date and the whole competition. She's in, like, last place. And it just feels like, to me, Jimmy is punishing a part, like, somebody for proving that they're a partner who will do nice things for their friends and doesn't worry too much about winning in competition all the time. And I think this is what I was talking about earlier with the rules of the competition over common sense, right? What was your read on this? Hmm. Like, to an extent, wait, go further. You know, I, I think like um, time, time with The Bachelor or just time in general is the currency of this show, right? Time and, and roses. Yes. And, and good strategy means taking advantage of that time, not, you know, not passing up any opportunity to have that time. Mm-hmm. But also, hypothetically, I mean, the other, the other currency, apart from roses, is making people like you, whether it's the audience, whether it's Your the producers, yeah. whether, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing as in any, like, is in Survivor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that applies to all of the different audiences that you're, you're playing to, you know? I think this is a move where she is choosing one audience over another and mm-hmm. Jimmy is being incredibly punitive about it. That's interesting to me. I If time is the currency of The Bachelor, there is no space for philanthropy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I understand uh, Jimmy feeling a little, like, annoyed, maybe. Or, you know, Jimmy's allowed to react to it. I'm not saying, like, Jimmy has to applaud her for this decision. But... Um, it felt too much to me. It, fe- it felt like he took it too far, and it felt like um, maybe it would have been good if uh, Jay had an opportunity to be like, um, listen, Ash has, like, fucking got no Instagram followers from this game. She's like, you know, like, she's like nobody actually knows who Ash is. Like, you, right. gave, you gave Ash a date. Also, she had a blood clot, bro. Yeah, dude. I know. Were you listening? Mm. Mm. Look. Here's where I stand. If I am Jay and I really like The Bachelor, I am not ceding my time to anyone. If I am The Bachelor, I want the person who is winning to not want to sacrifice their time with me, knowing that time is the currency. Mm -hmm. However, I think what you have said makes me think about it in a little bit of a different light because the altru because the altruism of it is important. And does Jay not still win at the end or does right. she come second? No, Jay doesn't win. Like the extra time does go to Ash. Yeah. See that's the thing. If Jay had won anyway, then I mean I would that would be, be like, incredible. You know what? She is a baller and she can afford to throw her time to someone else and then keep going and keep winning and it doesn't matter. And she's proven to Jimmy that she is so athletic 
yeah. which may in fact be another love currency on this show. Main, yeah. Yeah. That it doesn't matter if she gives her time to someone else. She in fact can just win anyway and it's not important. And she wants Ash to feel like she's included and all that kind of stuff. Because what we heard from Tani last episode was that being in love with someone, what you want from your partner is that they can make the people around you feel loved and not just the people that they want to like them. Mm. And in this case, I suppose that is maybe something that we're seeing from Jay if we're looking at it in that lens. However, my read on it at the time was basically like, this is a this is a bad strategic and competitive move because what you are doing is sacrificing time with the bachelor and he there are limited ways for him to read that other than for you to not be interested. And when mm. you're in a competition with five other women at this point who all have pretty strong feelings or whatever it happens to be, I'm not doing that. And if I was the bachelor, I would not be thrilled personally about that but i agree with you that the extent that jimmy took it to like it doesn't need to be fucking armageddon but you can be like noted i've realized what the other element is that we're not thinking about as much Mm. which is what was the last thing that jay did in this show she was in a heated discussion with someone that you know got sent home and we are still kind of waiting for that to be resolved Right. I get the impression like she is a bit worried about talking to him. You know, that might be an element of this, even subconsciously. Yeah, true. That, um, you know, this was a rough time in the previous episode, uh, the Tani situation. And mm-hmm. while Tani has been sent home, um, maybe she is not quite ready to uh, do the, the follow up. And fuck, maybe she's thinking about her position in the house as well with the other women who she has to continue to live yeah. with for a couple yeah. more weeks. Yeah. Maybe this is the case where like, shit, okay, well, I've still got to be in the good graces of the other women because I can't afford them to be shit talking me at this time yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Ash winning the extra time, um, it's pretty crucial. Honestly, yeah. we don't know this yet, but there are no more single dates um, after this week. And, you know, she had a pretty promising single date in episode three, but she's been totally relegated to the background. Mm. She hasn't even been invited on that many group dates, I was surprised to learn. Um, Ash tells Jimmy, there's so much in you that I could see in a potential partner that I have not found. Um, If I was not here and I saw you, I'd be like, where were you hiding? Um, Yeah. And she she jokes that she should have snuck into Jimmy's tent on the camping date, which fucking, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then he asks, what's your flirting move? And she says, I love cuddles, which leads to them having a cute little cuddle. Um, That is a quote from the snowman in Frozen. (laughs) I'll get in trouble if I don't mention it. Evie will still get me in trouble for not remembering his name. Olaf, I think. You remember Olaf is his name. Yeah, of course. Um, I would have said my flirting move was something like, my absolute favorite flirting move is to go on one really nice date with a guy and mm-hmm. then wait several weeks while he dates every <laughs> single one of my housemates to work out if he likes any of them more than me Yeah, before I eventually win the opportunity to talk to him again in a feat of physical endurance. Notwithstanding that I had to receive some amount of charity in order to get that from right. one of my housemates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My housemate needs to take pity on me enough that I <laughs> to be 
finish line before them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't uh, expect any Ash backlash from uh, from this at all, to be honest. <laughs> she was pretty good. Yeah. No, she was great. She remains, like, really good. And unfortunately, she will go home very soon. Uh, it blows. It's like they're not even giving us any reason why this is happening. She yeah. just is hanging out in the background. Um, well, I guess we'll wait and see. We'll talk Another about Ash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. Ash and burn. <laughs> Don't say that about a plain guy. <laughs> um, uh, she's got hot, hot ashes and discomfort in her lady bits. And that reminds me, listeners, sponsors of this week's episode, Bonds. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Proud sponsors of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Uh, Carly and Jimmy meet for a single date. Still no date card. We just fucking rip right into it. And we learn that it's Carly's birthday. Happy birthday, Carly. Fun you deserve it. Yeah, happy birthday for fucking, what, four months ago or something when they shot this? Maybe we're birthday twins. Probably are. You probably are. Remember being out in the world? Oh, God. Don't get me started. Uh, speaking of being out in the world, they're in some kind of big garden or something, I guess. Um mm. They walk for a minute and they bump into Jimmy's friend, tattoo artist Reese Gordon. Incidentally, at the time of recording, it was Reese's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Reese. Happy birthday, Reese. Uh, Reese is just introduced as Jimmy's friend, but he has like 15,000 more Instagram followers than anybody on the show except Asha. Uh, Incredible. He's a big deal. Uh, anyway, they're going to get matching tattoos. <gasps> Temporary, of course. Oh, what um, a shame. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun if... Carly's like, listen, I'm not like the main character of this season, but I'm willing to commit to this. Yeah, tattoo my ass with something. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be somewhere uh, visible. But yeah, right. put put the vans on there or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they land on this visual idea of a compass with, with each of the four quadrants filled in with something that's important to them and their relationship. Jimmy says, one thing that's important to me is passion. And Carly says, yeah, and not just like passion at the start, but ongoing passion, you know, doing things in your relationship to maintain that spark. And Jimmy says, yeah, you know, I, I don't know how to visually represent that though. And then we see Reese just drawing a little love heart. <laughs> He's like, oh, passion. Yeah. A spark that's what that it is. Doesn't die. Yeah. 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 I think I'm mm -hmm. getting it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Carly says, Why? <laughs> what is Why have you turned into David Copperfield? Wait, hey. no. Who's, I don't get no respect. Is that David Copperfield? No. No, it's uh, uh, Roddy Dangerfield. Roddy Dangerfield, sorry. Um, yeah, that's how everybody talks to me. <laughs> Carly says that family is really important to her, represented by what looks like a pizza hut. <laughs> um, and then, right. uh, you know, on the west of the compass, there's a sunset. I guess at this point, they're just thinking about like compass related things. Yeah. Great. Great. I get the combination sunset and <laughs> pizza hut and sunset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pizza hut and sunset. There uh, it is. The pizza hut down on sunset is, uh, is one of the best. <laughs> it's a joke about a city I've never been to. So yeah, before long, they're applying the tattoo. I say applying the tattoo. They're literally just fucking drawing it on with a texter and the tattoo artist doesn't even do it. It's just Jimmy with a Sharpie, just fucking drawing on it. It, like okay, so this is clearly Jimmy getting his mate in to have some TV time and exposure, sure, right? Sure, Don't sure. you think? Oh, for sure. Um, there's a tripod song. 
about this. Um, tattoo? I think it yeah, might just tattoo. be called tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a tattoo. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, I've got one of you. If I had a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I'm um, just remembering how big of an uh, influence on me that Middleborough Road album was. Me too. Yeah. And we've never talked about this before. No. We're back. Hello. Hello. We Hi. have spent <laughs> 10 minutes at this point bonding over Tripod yeah, as a been... shared interest that we never knew through years of friendship that existed. I mean, truly could not have been more obvious, but yeah, we've mm. never really talked about it. We've talked about Skit House. Definitely. Even earlier on this episode, we talked about Skit House. Ah, this is good stuff. Good. Can we continue with the episode? The Bachelor of Hard Season something, episode 12? Absolutely. Yeah. So Jimmy has a fucking Sharpie. He uh, He's drawing on her shoulder blade to match his shoulder blade tattoo. Uh, Carly decides to put the tattoo on Jimmy's heart, a strategy that worked really well for Chelsea on Matt Agnew's season. I remember. Parallels. Um Carly, I think this is a sign that Carly watches The Bachelor, right? Like, yeah, I don't know that necessarily everybody does. I feel like they should. Um, Carly watches the show. Carly probably listens to the pod. My hypothesis is, is that Carly and Georgia Love are friends. Yeah, I believe that. In which case, Georgia Love doesn't listen to the pod. No. She was at one point aware of the pod, but I think she's got bigger fish to fry. Carly, I would believe, is listening to us right now. What's up, Carly? Hey, Carly, we what's going on? I think that you're real good. Yeah, Carly, you, you rule. Um, anyway, they share a passion. Carly in ITM says, there are genuine feelings there, and I'm definitely falling for him. And I've gotten to a point where I can't back down. And I'm thinking, this is good, and you should say it to him. Yeah, say it to his face. Say Ca- it right Carly, into his face. Carly, if you're face. listening, come on. <laughs> Speak up. Do you know what? Do you know who else is listening? Hello, Chanel. Oh, uh, yeah, Chanel nice is to hear, Nice to hear from you. We uh, love you, Chanel. Hi. Thank you for saying nice things about the pod. And we... Uh, we'll speak to you next season when you are off contract. You bet. We did not see Carly being given a rose, but she enters the cocktail party holding one. Do our listeners care about this stuff? Do you know what? <laughs> w- whether or not they care, I th- think that they may care about this. Mm-hmm. I think Carly's shaping up as a potential finalist. Yeah, I would. Be- I believe it. I mean, she's she's going to go to hometowns. This is the m- almost the Maddie J edit. Yeah, you know, like not quite the same. We see her a little bit more on night one. She does the contract thing. Mm. Do you remember what it said on the contract? Uh oh, what? Yeah, I tr- I got a screenshot. Let me see if I can find it. See if it's you. See if we got. I sent it to you. I'm just interested to see if it said anything about like when we get to hometowns or anything like that. I just think that that might be. Um, yeah, I've got it here. I've got it. Start. Have you got it? Yeah. Yeah, I because I enhanced the the text. So it said, mm-hmm. I had feelings for Eleanor that I've actually never felt for anyone in my life. <laughs> she gave me butterflies every morning when I saw her. I'd be uh, talking to her and I would be busting to go to the toilet and I would rather miss my pants and sit there and talk to her to go to the toilet and I would just hang on and hang on and hang on because I didn't want to leave her. Listeners, that is what you call an alley-oop here on the Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> podcast. Stick around. We still got so much to come. I can't wait to talk about what Brooke said about her grandparents. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that is... Truly, I can't even, <laughs> I don't know yeah. where to start with that. I um, think Carly comes second. I want her to be the next Bachelorette. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm um, sorry because they've chosen yeah. the next Bachelorette. The um, one after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if LSs care about whether Carly is given a rose. It does make me go fully crazy, but I have been in lockdown for like eight weeks. So maybe it's not actually the show's fault. Osher arrives and says, ladies but does not have a glass and so therefore cannot ting. Heartbreaking. Uh, He pulls Jimmy away quite urgently and the women wonder what the reason might be. Holly jokes, 
Billy's back. <laughs> which is a pretty strange joke for the last woman who actually saw the dog before it mysteriously Alive. vanished. Yeah. yeah. This is some Inspector Rex level shit. True. I have been pitching a comic to my beloved partner, Evie Hillier, mm. for years, mm. which I think, like, I can't draw. I would do it myself if I could, because I feel like I have some ideas for it. I feel like it could right. be a good recurring sketch. You know, not a sketch, a good recurring series. And mm. it's called Health Inspector Rex. <laughs> and what happens right. is Health Inspector Rex goes into a restaurant and he's checking it, checking things out. And he's like, you can't let a dog in here. <laughs> it looks like there's been a dog in here. <laughs> she maintains Inspector Rex is not like a well-known enough touch point or whatever. Oh, get real. Yeah. Listeners, sound off in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group if you think that you Inspector want to see Rex Inspector once Rex and for all deserves an at Yves comic. Look, I'll commission it. I, if I pay her money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, fucking Billy's not back, but guess who is? Ta-da, it's Brooke. She is wearing a red dress, red lipstick, and she's got a red granddad. Oh, sorry. It's a... <laughs> is that joking? No, 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 I... <laughs> is that joke okay? Is that in poor taste? <laughs> oh, no. It's really good. No. I, I wrote what? down, yeah. when I read this out on the podcast, I'll know. Probably not. <laughs> I'm feeling okay about it. No, no, no. Well, I think what you meant to say is she's uh, wearing a dead dress. She's got dead <laughs> lipstick and she's got a red granddad. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, Brooke and Jimmy check in. She got some good closure from the funeral. And soon after that, started thinking about Jimmy again. Probably, hopefully, not too soon after that. You don't want Jesus. to cross those lines. There's no aphrodisiac. <laughs> um, she also says, it was really nice that you were checking in with me and making sure that I was okay. That, for me, was a massive game changer. And I'm like, yeah, that is, you, that's not the ordinary way the game works. Did we know that was happening? To the extent that we saw Brooke and Jimmy have a FaceTime, we mm. knew that was happening, mm -hmm. but not to this extent. And it is a game changer. And there were articles about it this week. It's love in lockdown all over again. Mm. Um, Brooke asks Jimmy for a kiss and Jimmy chuckles and says, ah, Brookie's back. The women are mortified, of course, even though they're all smiles when she arrives. Um, she says that she's happy to see them, but even happier to see Jimmy. And Lily ITMs, the brook that has entered the cocktail party is not the brook that left the mansion. Um, she's got that fucking gorgeous post-funeral glow, as I, mm. as I tweeted. Um, she jokes that she and Jimmy should get in the car and go somewhere. And then Brooke gives this incredible... Is the car a hearse? Is that... <laughs> uh, no, it's the car that sponsors the pod. Mm. I'm sorry. That, oh, it doesn't... Well, yeah. As of next week, it will be sponsoring the pod. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Everybody's flying. Scoot Biz. Proud sponsor of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. In this incredible in the moment, Brooke says... I think my grandparents have given me a superpower. It's like, I'm gone now. Here's my power to you. Work it, girl. This is... I Look. <laughs> in this franchise, mm -hmm. 
there have been a series of incredibly deranged confessionals. <laughs> We've had a lot of good ones even this season. This takes the cake. This is, I was going to say. Okay, so I'm really glad that you agree because we would we blew up about the koala chlamydia chlamydia joke, right? Right. That's a joke though. Right. This is insanity. This beats it out for like strangeness alone. Oh my god. This is the best thing. Like I'm like I I don't I don't have words strong enough for it. I have been imbued <laughs> with the superpower of work it girl. <laughs> Through the transubstantiative <laughs> process of my of grandma who died a few years gr- ago and my granddad whose funeral I just returned from. And with these powers combined, <laughs> not Captain Planet, no. Instead, we are the superhero Work It Girl. Right. Again, a better name than fucking VJJ. <laughs> Still not as good as Professor Pisser. No, it's true. You can't beat okay. that. Oh, this is the craziest shit that I've ever heard on this show. And right. I've been struggling to comprehend it this entire week. The thing I, the thing that really gets me is that it mm. fucking works. Oh my god. Like right? this is this she has taken command of her edit in a truly empowered way. Um it I mean, she is a crazy person. Yeah, empowered now. borderline unhinged. Yes. Yeah. I think um I I hesitate to say a crazy person for a number of reasons. Mm. Um but uh, like, you know, she was completely at the behest of what the producers wanted her to be for the, for her first stint on this show. And she now was kind of up here in Smitten and just doing, you know, what he wanted. Right. I honestly feel like she was at risk of getting the stage 5 clinger like overly yes, attached totally. girlfriend sort of um, uh, edit um, just from the way that they were portraying her, not even from any of her actions. No. Um, but now, you know, may, I mean, maybe on some level she's, she's being exploited here and she's, you know, got this like va va sort of like, um, you know, sex okay, kitten Mark sort Holden. of. <laughs> <laughs> she's got this like goonie goo goo gaga kind of edit. <laughs> Uh, am I the mar- are you the dicko of this podcast then? You, I guess that makes Marsha. me. The, uh, I, well, look, I'd love to be the Marsha, but I don't think I can pull mm. it off, honey. No, we do need a Marsha though. Yeah, I think my grandparents have given me a superpower. It's like I'm gone now. Here's my power to you. Does that imply that her grandparents were really like attractive and like you know had so much charisma that people couldn't help but fall at their heels? I don't know. Like, I just took it as, like, Christ-like. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the the body and the fucking blood as turned into fucking bread and wine. But instead of that, it's some power that means that you now get to be more hot just or something. Just pure energy distilled yeah. uh, into Brooke's body. Um, like, this is the outcome of the pheromone day. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's just mm. she's smelling hot. Yeah. You know, the smell is confident. If you brought relationship and body language expert Katia Loisel from Love Destination into the mansion and told her, you know, try and help us get to the bottom of what's going on with Brooke, she would spontaneously combust. 100%. The pheromones are off the charts. Romantic power. Oh my God. Anyway, Jimmy decides to give Brooke a rose pre ceremony. It's probably 15 minutes till the rose ceremony. 
Mm. But go off. Uh, and she says, I'll only accept that rose if you'll give me a big fat kiss. And we don't actually see if he does it or not, but she walks Yuck. away with... with <laughs> what? You don't like that we don't see kiss. it? No. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with I just, that? You know, I just think the verbal is so gross. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I'm sorry there's no love in your life. Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's nothing hot about asking the person that you are dating for a big fat kiss. That's true. And to appear out of nowhere, like I get maybe... Um... Like that's her Nana coming through. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah. Interesting. You know what's funny is I was thinking about um, the amount of Bachelor that we're getting right now is a bit like a Nana, like when you're coming over to the Nana's place and she's like, you need to eat. Come on. Oh my God. Yes. And you're like, I'm not hungry. And you're like, have I'm not, more. I've made, yeah. It's got Vegemite on it. <laughs> Uh, she joins the women again with her red rose, red lipstick, red dress, and Laura says, all red everything. You're like communist Russia. Great. Great, Great. line. Uh, in communist Russia, grandparents kill you. <laughs> uh, Good. She tells the other women that she and Jimmy spoke quite a bit, calls and texts, etc., while she was away. She says he was really supportive, which made it feel li- a bit more real. It did feel like a relationship. This is rough. <laughs> this is brutal. It's so hard on the other, like the poor other women. Yeah. Who are hearing about this for the first time that they've had communication. Mm. Then they're hearing, like, not only was it calls, but it was also text. So there's And it was like access. fucking constant and it and felt it was like a relationship. a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Oh. Um, like your trust with him would be destroyed. Yeah. To an extent. Well, yeah, because he never mentioned any of this, right? Right. Yeah. They don't know about this. What's, I'm like, and he's known that she's coming back for the longest time. So, yeah. What does that mean for for his situation? Oh, yeah. It's tough. It's, it's, it's not good. It doesn't reflect very well on any of them if you analyze it. No. Um, We also learned that she has been given the last single date. And you can see a few faces fall, um, including Ash, who you can tell knows that's fucking it. That's it for me. That's yeah. the end of the line. Uh, and Lily, who ITMs, knowing that that's not me is just a really harsh reality. And, um, you know, she starts crying and Holly rushes to comfort her. And Lily says, they're off in a little side room or something. And she says, if that's the last single date, then I'm out. Because it's not enough to head to hometowns for me. Mm. And it's unclear whether she means um, that's not enough for him to bring her to hometown week or whether she feels that the bond that she has with him is not strong enough for her to take him, you know? That's true. Yeah, I think that I want the power to be in her hands, but I assume based on the edit of her Mm. crying Mm. and feeling like she is at the behest of this man that it's more like she's assuming that it's not enough for him. Right, right. Uh, Jimmy grabs Lily to comfort her. And they sit outside on a step, but we don't really see what they say or anything. I think in this case, it's better not to, just for the stakes of this episode. And then we cut to the rose ceremony, and I think the tension has been built pretty well here. Um, even though Brooke, Carly, and Ash already have roses, you're starting to think about, like, oh, Ash is, like, not long for this world. And, like, it's pretty believable that Lily or Jay could be sent home based on what's mm. been happening this episode. Jimmy then hands hands roses out to Lily, Holly, and then Jay. 
So it's farewell to Laura. And this frankly bummed me out a little bit. Yeah, it um, sucks. It's so bad. Yeah. I feel poor like Laura. Yeah. Laura. Pour, pour, pour one out Laura. for Laura. <laughs> Put your eggs out for Laura. Um mm. Laura, I feel like is just sent home because like she was never going to win, I guess. Yeah. According to like the edit. Um, but frankly, like she's barely factored into these episodes that we're talking about on this episode. At she's all. just been given one liners. Yeah. Um, like maybe Jimmy really doesn't like that she's never gone skinny dipping before. We learned <laughs> that about her at one point. Uh in her backseat chat, she says, I've definitely put myself out there more than I ever expected to. It definitely wasn't easy for me to do that. And that's it. We don't even get like an emotional. Yeah. You know, she doesn't, she, there's no uh, finality to that. There's no closure to it. So my thought is that that would be the most that they had to work with. Yeah. You could be right. Why would you only offer that much if there was more to offer? Mm, mm. With that said, it sucks the way that Laura was treated. I want better things for Laura. Laura, if you're listening, what's up? We think that you're the best. Yeah, you rule. Um, you're great fun. Um, and at the very least, we hope that you can take some comfort in your Instagram follower gain, which this yeah, week... Yeah, talk about this. Was, this week was a very substantial boost of 1,941. Bringing, hey, there you go. Bringing her total gain since preseason to 2,843. So, like, the lion's share Three was this week. Three quarters this week. That's yeah. huge. Good people people like her, you know? Um, and maybe it is, again, because of the um, lack of closure or, you know, like, feeling like something was left unresolved or whatever um, that people have, have flocked to her. It's interesting. Potentially so. And she's also, I guess, the sort of person who... I think I've decided that I want to care, care about going forward. You know, like yeah. I, I want to know more about her. I'm interested in seeing what her life is like. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about Instagram. Uh, a lot of chat about Instagram followers this week. Uh, let's start with the top threes again. Firstly, Please. this week's top movements. Uh, in first place for the first time this week is Jay. Oh wow! Yeah, so this is this is maybe the most interesting one because um, obviously her Instagram was mentioned within the context of the show, um, which does not hurt to to have what is ostensibly a direct plug. But also this very coy, very deft sort of here for the right reasons way that she played off the allegations that that's the only reason that she's here. I mm-hmm. imagine that will win a lot of people over to her. So. Jay gained a massive 2,758 followers this week. Um, We shared some info about her follower gain uh, earlier in the week, just a couple of days ago, and it continues to climb. Uh, So well done, Jay. Um, In second place, Holly, with 2,238 new followers. Um, Holly has been pretty much the clear favorite up until this point. And then in the top three for both the first and last time, Laura with 1,941, like we just said. Good for her. That's great. Do you know, I was thinking about the Olympic runner Riley Day this week, as this has been happening, and the impact that her mentioning her Instagram after her 200-meter semifinal run had on her Instagram. So she previously had 22,500 followers. And then within two minutes of mentioning her account on national TV, she was at 
37.8 thousand and growing every five or 10 seconds. Yeah. Topping out now at much more than that. Yeah. The, I suppose the effect that has happened here with Jay is some sort of mirror. I agree, but I think it's interesting as well because uh, it is the state. Well, it's not. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily feel that it's the stated goal of an an Olympic athlete to get more Instagram followers. Mm. But um, it was. It, it feels like it was that person's goal in that moment. Whereas, mm. at least hypothetically, or at least ostensibly, or at least within the narrative, it is not the goal, and you can't let anyone think that it's the goal to get Instagram followers in this program. Right. Right. But by virtue of handling that and navigating that correctly, you then earn more Instagram followers. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's really, it's really difficult. Uh, yeah. I good on all of these women for for boosting their Instagram following this yes. week. How did Jimmy go? Yeah, Jimmy uh, was bested by the top three plus Carly and Steph. Um, so he came in sixth place with a gain of 1,276. Um, also worth noting, just for fun or the lack thereof, the losers of the week, Hannah lost one follower, Madison mm. lost four, Elena lost 18, and sadly, it brings me no joy to report this, Belinda, <laughs> our, our beloved Belinda, lost 30 followers. Oh, that's awful, and I feel so sorry for Belinda. But to be honest with you, the encouraging thing at least for me is to see that these numbers are increasing rapidly Mm. as we and in density i guess as we are now getting to the business end of the season so whereas in previous weeks you know women might get a little bit of screen time and then end up with a few hundred followers Mm. now we're looking at the top six all having thousands yeah totally yeah um i also wanted to mention osha ginsburg who retains the bottom spot with 67 beloved fans fleeing for greener pastures this that week. Rules. That's awful. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. I'm so, look, do you He's, know what? He must be stinging with his 150K. Osha, I'm really happy that you welcomed in some new followers this week and the bots who left you. Right. Yes. It's their loss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next week on The Bachelor, Brooke... Works nights and Jimmy works in the morning. Can oh, they ever make it work? God, how will they work it out? Lily does an impression of Brooke's voice. Brooke cries. Did we mention Brooke is back? Oh my God, this is like this is going to be a great Brooke week. And given mm. the amount of Brooke content that we have received in the just the final twenty minutes yeah. of this week of this show, she just brought life to it, and I'm so. Right. Into it and excited for whatever psycho thing is going to come out of her mouth this week. And of course, it's hometowns, which is always oh, great. I mean, you know, I can't say it's always good because sometimes it can be a bit of a slog. But I think with the people going to hometowns, uh, obviously, I think we have to get rid of one before we get there. Yes. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, in fact, we have six people now. So we might ditch two next episode, then hometowns, hometowns, then we'll ditch one, and then the finale the following Thursday. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Anyway, by the time we publish this, it'll be very soon, and just a moment thereafter, we will be completely out of date. Um, This has been an extremely fun uh, week to recap. A lot of telly. 
A lot um, of great television yeah. listeners here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. And hopefully, uh, look, if you've stuck around for this long, a lot of great podcasting as mm-hmm. well. And we have loved having you with us. If you want to continue the conversation, you can do that with us on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh Posting group on Facebook. At BOH Pod is where we're at on Instagram and Twitter. And shout out to the Zaveheads who might have been <laughs> receiving a little bit more content from their Lord and Savior, their Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. uh, Rebetsky Noonan. Uh, this week, uh, who is uh, the Graph Master? Lots of lots of graphs, lots yeah. of content that you're seeing from uh, the platform Canva that Xavi right. is really uh, I got a new on app. top of and doing a great job of. Uh, thanks, Max. Yes, uh, I, I am in lockdown. I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, I am going crazy. I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> I have been watching a lot of the television show The Bachelor. I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, I got a new app. I definitely mentioned it. Uh, so all those things are combining into a, oh, also I'm a Virgo. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're having a lot of fun on there. If you have any ideas for graphs or data you would like to see collected or anything like that, this is scratching an itch inside of me that, you know, oh, you yeah. can enable me and I will not be upset about it. Um, you can I've be an ele- enabler Rebetsky Noonan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, shout out to the Zaveheads. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the kindness and generosity, the good spirits, the good vibes, the positive energies, man, the crystals, mm. the healing, the CBD oil, the none of this is happening. Um, well, yeah, I just, I think that, um, you know, the Zaveheads died and they left you with a superpower <laughs> and that's all that I really have to say about it. <laughs> uh, Max, I want to thank you for hosting this wonderful podcast with me. Um, I actually love you. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh and, yeah, duh. Oh, yeah, you're fucking duh. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait to go and listen to some tripod uh, guys. Follow tripod on Instagram. I don't know what their handle is, but check it out. We're giving them the boh bump this week, and uh, you know we we actually didn't say the thing about making friends. But oh yeah, we did come here to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, but otherwise, beyond that, listeners, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.